0: Happy Sabbath once again, church family. I am excited to be delivering this message today from home. Not because it's more comfortable. uh, Not because I'm in sweatpants. (laughs) But because when Jesus and His disciples had their first communion, they did theirs from a home. And I'm hoping that by us doing this from home today that we will sort of get a little bit more of the significance, maybe we'll feel a little bit closer to the way Jesus did it in the first place, and maybe that will add something to allow us to really experience and to remember what Jesus Christ did for us 2,000 years ago. We're always looking for ways to make things a little bit more significant when it comes to Communion, because this is supposed to elevate our minds to the remembrance Of What Jesus Christ did and his sacrifice was so awesome. And so I'm doing it from home and you are today too. All of us are all of the pastors. You'll see them a little bit later, a few minutes from now. And we're excited about what the Lord is doing today. I'm also excited because I'm beginning a new series. It's a communion series, so it will not happen in consecutive weeks, but instead consecutive communions. So each communion from now until, I guess, the end of the year, I'm planning on taking a different part of the communion service, and I want to explain it so that we understand what it is that we're doing. I think it's uh, a reality that we can be in the church so long, and we can be doing things the same way for so long, then maybe we don't even realize that we don't understand the significance. Uh, Maybe we do understand the significance, but it has lost something on us because we go through the same thing all the time. And so I thought that if we went through the different parts of the communion service and I explained them from Scripture, it might help us to better understand what it is that we're actually doing. Uh, And so today I'm going to begin with the foot washing, and then next time I'll do the bread, then the next time the wine, and then the last time I plan on talking about the folded grave clothes of Jesus. Each one of those things has significance, and it will help us to understand a little bit more about this... uh, communion service and the different things that are represented. Uh, My table, as you can see, is beautifully decorated. Thank you, April. Uh, My wife April, uh, I bought the ingredients. I went to the store. I'm the only person in the house that's allowed to go out into the uh, grocery stores uh, during this time. I brought the things home that we needed and she beautifully decorated it for us to make it look nice so that we could elevate uh, this moment a little bit. And then even behind there, you'll notice uh, a red basin and a towel. That is the basin and towel that we're going to be using for our foot washing a little bit later on. And uh, so you can get all the symbolism that is here as we remember what Jesus Christ did for us. Um, part of the reason why we're doing this too is because I think it's possible to become so comfortable with the way we do things, maybe to the point that we're even sort of uh, confident spiritually in ourselves because we know this stuff so much. And so what I'd like to do is to take the time uh, to make sure that we are uh, really focusing and thinking about these things and understanding what it is that we're doing. We don't want to be like the man that I read about who ran 80 miles a week. He was an avid runner with a very strong heart and yet died of a heart attack. You would expect that a man with a heart that strong would never die of a heart attack. How in the world was that possible? Well, it turns out this man had a precondition. He actually was born with a heart defect. And his wife said that because his heart was so strong from all the running, he would not get regular checkups. So in essence, this man was a man with a strong heart that died because his heart was too strong. He died because he neglected the little things, because he trusted in his strong heart. I don't want that same thing to happen to us. I want to make sure that we have the uh, fortitude, the mental stamina, the spiritual eyesight to be able to know that we don't know all the things that we think we know and that we need Jesus Christ if we're really going to be saved. We cannot save ourselves, and we cannot be saved by our prior knowledge. And so just because you've been doing communion every Sabbath, every quarter since you were four years old, doesn't mean that you automatically understand, and it doesn't mean that you're automatically safe. So I'm hoping that as we go through these... Uh, different uh, parts of the communion service that we'll have a better understanding in the end. Would you pray with me as we look at the foot washing? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Jesus Christ, and I thank you for what he has already done. Now, as we examine the foot washing, help us to understand it better. May we be able to walk in newness of life because of what it is that we gain from this understanding today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. John chapter 13. What book did I say, everybody? That's right, John, starting in verse 3. John chapter 13, starting in verse 3 and reading to verse 10. We're going to stay here after this, too, so um, make sure you have your Bible handy, that you keep it handy. I've got mine. I'm reading from the New International Version. This is John chapter 13, starting in verse 3 and reading to verse 10. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus knew Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. We saw this a little earlier in the children's story, remember? Verse 8. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. (laughs) Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet, his whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. Who says amen to God's word today? The foot washing. So, this is very important to understand because, if you notice, verse 3 kind of sets things up as to what is happening and what Jesus' frame of mind is. The Bible says in verse 3 that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. In other words, Jesus' mind was set on the ending of his mission, exactly why he came to this earth, what he was trying to do. His mind was set on what his Father had given him to do and the fact that he was about to go back to the Father, which means Jesus knows full well that he's coming to the end. He knows he's about to go to the cross. And before he does that, he wants to teach his disciples something through this symbolic act, this foot washing. So what does Jesus do? He gets up, he takes off his outer garment, he gets a towel and girds it around his waist. He's doing the very thing that his disciples have seen done so many times before. And that's why Peter, when Jesus approaches him, says, wait a minute, are you about to wash my feet? Jesus says, Yes, I am. Peter says, No, you'll never wash my feet. His whole attitude was, Lord, you are above me, and there's no reason for you to do this. Now, Jesus wanted to show his men something, and so he does it anyway. And the first thing that I think we notice is that the foot washing ceremony represents cleansing from sin the way that baptism does. Now, this is good news for us. Because the baptism and the foot washing are sort of like cousins. In other words, you don't have to keep getting re-baptized every time you sin. Because every quarter you can participate in the foot washing, which is just like that same cleansing. The baptism is probably uh, a bigger significance because it's about dying to sin and all of that. But every time you participate in the ordinance of humility or the foot washing, you are actually doing sort of a miniature baptism. That's good news to me because it says that I don't have to worry about my guilt when I come To a communion service. In other words, every single person who is watching this broadcast, every person who's not watching the broadcast, every human being, no matter who you are, everyone has sinned. Which means that we come to the communion table with guilt. Automatically, we do. And our first inclination is to say, I am not worthy to be a part of this service. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Well, I don't think you should have that attitude. You know why? Because Jesus understood that and he made sure that before he gave his disciples his emblems, before he gave him uh, them the uh, symbol of his uh, broken body and his spilled blood, he washed their feet first. And I think he was doing this to help to clean them, because he wanted them to know it doesn't matter that you are sinful. All people are sinful. Each one of us has sinned against God. But when we come to him, we can come knowing that he's already done enough to cleanse our sins. Who says amen to that today? So the baptism is getting clean from sin. You know that already. Well, having your feet washed is like a mini baptism. And I'm excited about that today. Here's what Ellen White says about this. Very important quote. In the act of washing the disciples' feet, Christ performed a deeper cleansing, that of washing from the heart, the stain of sin. That's Desire of Ages 646. So the foot washing is like a mini baptism. You didn't know that, did you? It's kind of important. Well, Jesus also alludes to something else in verse 13. He actually says it pretty much here in verse 10 of chapter 13. John 13, 10, where he says, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. In other words, you don't have to get rebaptized every time you sin. The foot washing ceremony is an, uh, is an act like a mini-baptism. Baptism and foot washing are cousins. They say they serve the same purpose. And I'm excited about that today. So, I want us to see a second thing, though, and it's already in what we read. Here it is. Peter is showing in the text that we read in verses 6 through 8 that he is unwilling to receive the foot washing from Christ because he does not deserve it. But Christ is wanting Peter to see that even though he doesn't deserve it, There is something in the way that we do this ceremony that we have to keep in mind because it's directly linked to having part with him. In other words, Jesus says to Peter, well, excuse me, Peter says to Jesus, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus says to Peter, okay, well then you'll never have part with me. (laughs) It's an important thing. What is Jesus trying to say here? Jesus is trying to let us know that this ceremony Has significance. Now, is Jesus saying that people who don't participate in the foot washing can't make it to heaven? No, that's not what he's saying. How do I know that? Well, I believe that there are people that were before Jesus' time who may not have ever done anything like this before, who I believe will be in the kingdom of God. And they may not have been doing it in this way anyway, because, you know, foot washing was something that people did all the time back then. I think Jesus is saying something different, and we can see that in verses 12 through 17. So go there. Still John 13, verses 12 through 17. Here's what the Bible says. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you so that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Who says amen to God's word today? (laughs) Here's what I believe Jesus is saying. And here is the third thing that we learn. Jesus wants us to know that what he does for us, we must do for others whether or not they deserve it. Wow, that's a word right there. (laughs) So Jesus isn't saying, Peter, you'll have no part with me if you don't do the ordinance of humility four times a year during communion. He's not saying that. What he is saying, though, is that there is something to do with humility that is happening here. That in order for you to make it to the kingdom, you as a Christian have to have the same humble heart I have. Let me show you what I mean. Back in Jesus' day, everybody knew there was something that was a reality that's not a reality now. Jesus did not have paved roads. His roads weren't covered in blacktop or concrete like ours are today. Jesus' roads were dirt dirt roads. And the people of his day wore sandals. Sandals are open-toed shoes. Your whole foot is basically exposed. And when you walk from place to place on those dirt roads, a lot of dust and dirt would end up on your feet. So when you would get to someone's home, the first thing you would do is take off your shoes right by the door. And then a servant would come. What did I say? A what would come? A servant would come, and that servant would wash your feet. Why were they doing that? Well, they were doing it because all day you've been traveling up and down those roads, and if you don't wash your feet, you're going to track all that dirt inside the house. So the servant's job was to come with a basin and a towel, pour water in, sit down, and wash your feet. Only servants did it. It was something that a person like Jesus would never do in a disciple's mind because Jesus was their teacher and he was their Lord. But Jesus said, If I, your teacher and Lord, have done this, you should do it for each other. In other words, Jesus was humble enough to kneel down in front of people that he created to wash their feet. Jesus was taking the role of a servant. In other words, Peter, you can have no part in me if you're not willing to be a servant. That's what Jesus is saying. So the reason we call it the ordinance of humility, it's just foot washing. But the reason we call it the ordinance of humility is because the only way you can kneel in front of someone else and do something like wash their feet, in that day, it was something that was sort of like degrading. Only a servant would do that. Someone as high and lofty as Jesus would never be seen doing that. At least that's what the disciples thought. Jesus was showing a whole different way of thinking. We have to be servants if we want to have part with Jesus. That's what the Ordinance of Humility is about. That's what the foot washing is about. That's why it's so important that Jesus modeled it for his disciples. He wanted to show them that it was like a mini-baptism. He wanted to show them that if they didn't do it, that they would have no part with Him. And He wanted to show them that the only way to really be like Jesus, we have to have the heart of a servant. And by the way, the Bible tells us, freely we have received, so freely we should give. So that person that you're kneeling in front of to, do their, uh, to wash their feet today, they probably don't deserve for you to be their servant. But we don't deserve for Jesus to serve us. And He serves us freely. So we serve others freely. Do you understand? I want that today. What about you? If you want to be a servant like Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you know you can't do it by yourself, raise your other hand right now. Now look up and say, I surrender. Praise the Lord. Let me close with this story. When John John was about three years old, he had this habit. He would come into our bedroom early in the morning. After the sun came up, and he would get into bed with us, usually on April's side of the bed. And on mornings like that, I wouldn't notice it while I was sleeping. But once I got up and went to the restroom, I would come back and I would look at the bed. And I would notice that there would be way more covers on April's side of the bed than on my side. And what I recognized was that when John John would get in the bed, he would pull the covers over so that it could cover him. And pull away some of the covers off of me. Now, my wife is very conscientious about certain things, and this one thing I'm glad that she thought through, and that is April bought a very large comforter for our bed. In fact, it was a king size comforter. And so every morning when I'd wake up, I wouldn't wake up cold, even though John would pull the covers more on his side, there would be more on their side than there was on mine, but there was still enough of the comforter to be able to cover me, because our comforter was so large. It was an amazing thing. So I never woke up cold, I never even noticed that I didn't have as much covers as was on the other side of the bed, because the comforter was so big, it covered everything. And so I still slept soundly, never had any problems, and John John didn't ruin my night's sleep. (laughs) What am I saying? Beloved, it turns out that God has already done enough through His Son, Jesus Christ, to cover every single one of us. He can cover us all with His blood, and we never have to worry that there's not enough covering for us. There's enough for everybody, because Jesus Christ has already done enough, and we don't have to add anything to it. That's what this table represents. That's what communion is all about. That's what Jesus was setting his disciples up with when he washed their feet. He was saying to them, I'm your servant and I am your Lord. And I've already done enough to be able to save you. Won't you accept Jesus Christ today? Won't you allow him to have his way? We are going to take the time now to break for our ordinance of humility. You're going to do it right now in your home, and I'm going to give you a few minutes to do it. And I want to just remind you, if you are watching us on YouTube, you have the ability to pause the video. I'm not positive if our Facebook Live can be paused, but it might be able to be. And I'm not sure if you can pause on our worship site. If you're at worship.thetpchurch.org, I'm not sure. You might be able to. But if you need some extra time to be able to grab your basin and your water in your towel. I'll give you that time. Uh, But if you think you need more time, you can press the pause button and we'll still be right here. You can pick up right where you left off. You'll be a little bit behind the live feed, but you can still participate with us. I'll let you have that time right now to do it. And for those of you who are at home alone, we want to make sure that you feel included today as well. So take your cell phone and text somebody, call them or FaceTime them and invite them to participate in this with you. And all I want you to do when the time comes is I want you in your home alone to put your feet in the basin with your warm water, put your towel right there around, or on right on your lap and just FaceTime with the person that you are virtually washing their feet. They'll have their feet in their basin as well. And you will pray a prayer together that God would activate that water and that He would make you servants to each other. Now that person that you called to participate with you, that could be somebody that you need to reconcile with. I don't know. Maybe today is your day to do that. Maybe it's somebody that everything's fine with, but you have a good relationship with. Maybe it's your, your your family member or it's a friend. I don't know who the person is. But call them or text them, FaceTime them, and participate together so that you can have this communal, actual process with the rest of us today as we do this together. Now I want us to break for the audience of humility. And we will show you uh, the pastors as they're doing it too in their own homes. Uh, we'll break and show you those things so you can see it happening. We'll have some soft music playing in the background. And I just want to pray for you right now as we go to be servants to each other. Father, I thank you. I thank you for giving us this opportunity to be able to participate in this process the way that Jesus did. We want to be servants like you. And we know now the significance of this foot washing. So help us to take it seriously. Help us to wash one another's feet right now in a way that shows that we want to serve each other. So that we can have a part in being like Jesus Christ. Give us what we need today. Cleanse us from our sins today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.